think in most cases, if people understood the sorts of benefits that they could get from interacting with people with disabilities, then there'd be a more positive response. They're not dangerous. I think if we have that tolerance to people and learn from them, and you can, the world would be a better place. That's Gary Butlap, a retired businessman and an advocate for disability rights and inclusion, working tirelessly to create a more accessible world for his son, Luke, and others like him. Welcome to A Few Good Men. I'm Murray Jones, and this podcast aims to understand some of the very difficult and unexpected journeys that many men have experienced when raising children with a disability and the way that has altered the course of their lives. We are going to cover it all, the immense challenges, the lonely roads, and of course, the rewards that can be discovered along the way. Talking to Gary, the successful retired businessman, he's got a a great story to tell. He's got a son, Luke, who is now 39 years old or thereabouts, cognitive disability. And we're here today to talk to Gary about Luke and other things. Gary, welcome to A Few Good Men. Thanks for having me time. Thank you, Murray. It's a great pleasure to be here and part of your series. I greatly appreciate it. Let's talk a little bit to start with about Luke. What can you tell us about Luke? Well, Luke's early 40. He has autism and verbal dyspraxia, which means he doesn't have speech. He's a tall boy. He's about six foot four and he's as gentle as a lamb. Yep. So he's a delightful person to be with. But along the way, obviously, there are challenges that we have had. And today's not so much about dwelling on the challenges, but a bit more about looking at the other joys that Luke has brought into our lives along the way. Yeah. Well, can you tell me about those? When doing it, actually, I'll have to reveal a little bit about myself because what we've found is that the things that we value. I've been an impatient person, probably with not a lot of empathy. And also, I suppose... Pride is prior to Luke. Prior to Luke and, and didn't really have the understanding that I should have. And Luke's got qualities and characteristics that other people like Luke, and it's not just about Luke, it's about people like Luke, has really made me realise that there are things more important in the world than sometimes we chase, like material things, being short-sighted, all those sorts of stuff. So Luke's put a lot of joy into our lives, and I think the name Luke, in fact, the meaning of that name in a historical sense is bringer of light and knowledge. Okay, okay. So, bringer of light and knowledge. Bringer of light and knowledge. And when you think about that, and helped us to get through the challenges that we've had over time. This hasn't been easy. If we just back up there a bit, so the bringer of light and knowledge, and that's the meaning of Luke's name has helped you and your wife Mary keep the faith, or can you elaborate on that? I think what we've discovered is that he naturally behaves in a different way characteristics. We've observed particular characteristics that are really important. It's very patient. He's not materialistic. You can wrap up a Christmas present with a piece of coal in the middle and give it to him. He's already just getting the paper off. And then actually, what is the content of the particular present that you're giving him? He really then will throw it away at times. He's also, one of the key qualities that he has is he's almost got unconditional love. There's no conditions attached to it. And even though he might occasionally know how to manipulate us to get what he wants. Yeah, that's kids for you. Absolutely. But what you see is what you get. And I think, unfortunately, people don't take the time to stop and look at what those qualities might be along the way. And I suppose what you're saying is they tend to focus on the disability rather than the abilities of the person and the special gifts that they bring. Most definitely. I was Martin Luther King who said, I like to see my children judged not by the colour of their skin, but by the content of their character. And I think in relation to Luke and others like him, I'd like to see them considered and judged, or whatever the word might be, by their abilities. And their abilities are very different 
different to what we consider in the mainstream world, which is about getting a job, earning a lot of money, big houses, fast cars, all that sort of stuff. That doesn't enter into his mind. And also, I think one of the key qualities that he's taught me, because he's different, it's very different. Yeah. There's an old saying that it's from people who are most unlike us that we learn the most. Yeah, wow. Yeah, that's in our history. Getting your brain around, it hasn't been an easy journey, and I'm not being judgmental of other people. You know, but just sit back and get your own priorities right a bit more. You mentioned in the intro, you were, and I know you're a very humble man, you're a very successful businessman. You've run big businesses and worked at the pointy end of the corporate world. And as I've not at your level, Gary, I've in the corporate world, but it is that corporate world is, as we know, that dog eat dog. And I suppose what is really important. You know, what is really important is it, of course, businesses have to run and make money and all that sort of stuff. But is that what you're saying? Is it giving you that perspective? Because you were very much in that world. And obviously you were still a young man when Luke was born, but you must have been in the middle of your career and juggling everything. So here we are 40 years later. You talk about perspective. Is that what you're talking about? What's really important in life? Yeah, absolutely, Murray, because it is a pretty demanding world out there in the businesses that I was involved in. Yeah. And I should say that one of the things that kept me sane in that very competitive world was to go home at the end of the day, take off the sort of corporate pattern and so forth forth, and sit down and you focus on the really simple things like helping with his dinner and helping with his bath and then sitting down and watching a movie with him that we've seen 300 times before. (laughs) But and you see the look of joy and contentment on his face that is not related to material things. You often think there's a comment that I've heard once that people like Luke accumulate knowledge and friends along the way and not money and objects. And that sort of kept me sane. It had some challenges, but you then got refreshed to some degree. And some of the qualities that I've been thinking about in relation to that is if you look at Luke, whatever ability he's got, he uses. And you owe it to yourself and to society to use that level of ability, whatever it might be. Yeah. You know, it was the others like him. He rides a horse. This is a 750 kilo, very tall <laughs> Clydesdale. Yeah, I've seen him on the horse. You wouldn't get me on that for the mm. money of the world. He's very good at it. And it gives him great joy and he's using the ability that he's got to follow instructions and so forth. So to me, using your ability, and I think there's some lessons here for other people in the world who don't have an ability. They have high levels of ability, but they don't use them for some reason. I don't know why. I know you're in the midst of writing a book, which is a really compelling title, The Bringers of Light, The Shadow People, and so often they are forgotten and ignored from personal experience with our boy Fred. You just think, People, they just, whether it's deliberate or not, they ignore them quite often. And how do you think people would benefit if they actually, rather than ignore, they embraced these people and looked for their special qualities and, you know, interacted with them? There's some real benefits that I think people could get from stepping back and watching Luke and others. And probably the first one, I think, is that he's very good on focusing on the now. So he's not too worried about yesterday or tomorrow, the old saying that yesterday's history, tomorrow's a mystery, and our day is a real gift. That's why they call it the present. I hadn't heard that. I had, but I haven't. Yeah. Oh, I have to credit my wife for that one. Yeah. Because uh, I was not very good at focusing on the focus for about yesterday and worried about tomorrow and getting yeah. to on the now. I know, just as an aside, I know there's a few good men, but where would we be without these amazing women in our life? But, oh, you know, that's another story for another day. <laughs> I think what is actually. But that ability just to live in the now, and when you look at the world a bit, and a very affluent country, there's high levels of suicide, there's depression, and yeah. a lot of shows, there's crime. There's lots of other things that are going on. You're thinking maybe if they stepped back and took some time to observe 
people like Luke and others. The lesson there is that they're embracing the day. That they're you, you embrace for, it now yeah, because yeah. you may not wake up in the morning. Yeah, yeah. And most people worry about yesterday, thinking yeah. tomorrow, and it yeah. doesn't help at all. I think yeah. the other one is they always look for the best in other people. And to me, that's really important. Yeah. Fortunately, these days, we try to look for the worst in people. Yeah. If you don't agree with me over a simple issue that I'm basically going to cancel you out, yeah. we need to listen more. I think the other one, which is about observing, is that he's very good at because he doesn't have speech. Yeah. You can see him listening, observing, sensing what people are saying. They're very good at picking up other people's moods and temperaments and so forth. So they listen a lot, and I think, unfortunately, most people don't listen. Someone said to me, once I was getting carried away in my professional life, this person said, I've not learned much from listening to myself talk. <laughs> and I think we don't take enough time to listen and observe, and observe yeah. how people feel. Yeah. The other quality, in his own way, he's very patient with other people. Because I'm guilty of it myself. He wants to go somewhere and say, oh, yeah, Luke, I'll only be 10 minutes. Yeah. 10 minutes up being 15. Yeah. And he just waits, sits there. And I've watched you over the years with Luke, and it's almost like you've developed your own special language in a way. And do you think that's possible for anyone to do if they spend the time with the Lukes of the world? Yeah, yeah I think so. And I also observe that with you, with your friend. And you get a better understanding. You've just got to slow yourself down. And coming back to that, that live in the moment, yeah. I think that's really important. And let's give you one example of what got me thinking along these lines. was It was a very hot December day back in 2018, and Luke had just been out riding his horse, and the support worker with him yeah. came back, and it was about 35 degrees or something. And, yeah. and they both looked absolutely Got like the full riding gear on too. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And it was a lady and I spoke to her and I said, you do look a bit tired. And she said, oh, and she smiled. And I said to her, why do you do this? Why do you do this sort of work? It's very demanding and it's challenging for you. Yes. And she thought for a moment and she said, there are two reasons. The first one. This is the support work. This is the support yeah. worker. Yeah. She said, working with Luke and others, when I get home at the end of the day, they make me feel happy. Yeah. And I said, why? And she said, for a couple of reasons, they just make me appreciate the abilities that I have that they don't have. Yeah. But there are other abilities that they have, which she doesn't have in terms yeah. of patience. And she said, I've learned a lot about myself in that regard. And the other reason is she said, to be honest, I'm thankful that I don't have some of those challenges. Yeah, so cool. And I guess that's, that's it. And that's understanding. And you don't get a lot of, I think, understanding, unfortunately, because I think generally, and we, I'd like to change this society that doesn't have have very low expectations or no expectations of taller people with disabilities. And sadly, at the extreme end, I know like, we're looking at the positives here and just the enormous potential that the looks of this world have. Just touching on that, there is sadly a deep level of discrimination out there and terrible indifference shown towards people with disabilities. And if you could just briefly cover for a minute that terrible situation of a few years ago when you were chairman of the organisation that helped to deal with these people. We purchased a property in a reasonably affluent suburb on acreage outside of Brisbane, 10 or 12 kilometres outside of Brisbane. And they're three acre properties, so they're all very well separated from each other and they're about 
10 or 12 other neighbours in the street. And we just modified it a little bit to have some day services there that we provide to people with predominantly cognitive disabilities, some with physical disabilities, and some occasional respite service. Yep. And it was well planned, and the numbers weren't that high. There weren't yep. 20 or 30 people. Yep. It was a big house. It was, it was a big house. It was very well, Three acres, you know, quiet. Yep. Plenty of room yep. separation. Yeah. The response we got from the community there, about 10 or 12 other neighbours, except for one who was on side. Yeah. Out of 10 neighbours in that cul-de-sac. Yeah. Affluent neighbourhood, all on three or four, you know, lovely small acreage sites, living a beautiful life. And you've come in, you've got you've, the organisations, bought a house, you've got day services there, occasional overnight stays mm-hmm. for these beautiful people to help look after. Correct. And the comments range from what if one of the clients escapes and comes into our backyard? Others were, I don't want my two young children interacting with people with disabilities because it would scar them for life. They don't want their children to interact, it would scar them for life. It would scar them for life from the other one, which was made by an associated individual that we were talking to about this, was we don't want retards. We don't want retards. We don't want retards in our neighbourhood. In our neighbourhood. And it's just extraordinary. This is 20... 19 or thereabouts, wasn't it? This isn't back in the dark ages. This is three or years ago. 2020. And initially I was somewhat angry and annoyed. And then I thought about it. And we didn't proceed because of that. But I thought, what a great opportunity they missed in not being exposed to these sorts of people. Who could teach them a lot about their own lives and how they, in fact, might be better people. For the points that we spoke about before, the level of patience and care and sensitivity that people with disabilities have towards others. So that was somewhat disappointing. It it could have, I think, helped made our decision and withdrew quietly. And and I know there were some meetings and counselled submissions and it could have really escalated. I mean, I can only imagine if the similar situation with other marginalised people in society or special groups, whether it's Indigenous or LGBT, or imagine people in the same neighbourhood saying, we don't want those people in our... It's oh, just outrageous. It it's absolutely. It, 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 it'd be it'd be a lawsuit, and it'd be on all the news, current affair. And yet here we are. These people think it's okay to just talk about these people like that, like they're vermin. It just makes my blood boil, Gary. I guess that there's an example of the extreme end, and sadly the discrimination. I guess if we could only bring the pendulum back to the good that these people can bring, and if society could really focus on that what a difference it would make. Absolutely agree. And if we forget that extreme that's there yep. and think about the vast majority, the other 70 or 80% of the population, I think in most cases, if people understood the sorts of benefits that they could get from interacting with people with disabilities, that then there'd be a more positive response. And I think in the main, it's not because they think negatively, it's just that they're probably a bit afraid, they're a bit not ignorant, but don't have a lot of knowledge about people like Luke and others. So thank you, Murray, so, my view of the world. Uh, and, uh, can we just finish up with what could you give us marketing to the elevator pitch, if you like, of what message would you like to deliver to the broader community about how they might go about interacting with the looks of the world? I think there are two ways they can do it. I think the first thing is just to observe them and talk to them. Most of them, they're not deaf. Yeah, and they're not dangerous. They're not dangerous. You interact with them and, yeah. and you you use their name. They're not going to scar your children for life. Yeah. Hello, Luke. How are you today? Are you feeling well? So forth. It's just treat them as if they're like yourself. Yeah. Because they have the same insecurities that, that we do as well. I think that's the first one. I think that predominant one comes back to that Martin Luther King 
quote that don't judge people by how they initially appear. In this case, it was the colour of the skin of his children. But it could be that, as you said before, it could be that you're from another country, you speak a different language, you believe in have a different religion, whatever it might be. Yeah. And I think if we have that tolerance to people yeah. and learn from them, and you can... Yeah. It would be a better place. It would be a better world, mate. Absolutely, it would. Absolutely, it would. There's no question about it, Carrie. Well, let's hope that message resonates and more and more people actually look to spend time with these people and interact with them and learn from them and see the good and the happiness that they bring into the world. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Make your life simple. Yeah. And don't judge people. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Gary. Thank you, Murray. I hope you enjoyed the conversation with Gary. We thank Gary for sharing his insights and for his ongoing work to promote equality and respect for people with disabilities. If you found value in today's episode, please share it with someone you think could benefit from it. Thanks for joining us on A Few Good Men. If you want to connect with our community of men raising children with disabilities, you can find us on social media or find more resources at afewgoodmen.com.au. You're not alone on that journey. A Few Good Men's primary aim is to connect men in similar situations, share stories and develop a community of like minds, create the best possible future for the special people in our lives. If you'd like to share your story, please contact us at afewgoodmen.com.au.